this podcast series, Interviews of Notables and Influencers, I do interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So today, Jonathan Lighty is one of those unsung heroes. He is an ordinary person doing extraordinary things. I'm so delighted to have Jonathan Lighty, a 401k expert today, but today he's not going to talk about 401k at all. He's going to talk about something really meaningful for the society and for humanity that he has volunteered for many years. It's called YMUW, Young Men Ultimate Weekend. Right. And the website is ymuw.org. I'm Joanne Tan. I'm CEO, branding expert, brand strategist at Templas Brand. We build business and personal brands. And lately we added NFT branding. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about that another time. So one of those Sunday evenings, I was watching TV while doing dishes. And then there came Lisa Ling, This Is Life. And I heard in the background, Here's pork chop. And then like, what? And as soon as the so-called pork chop start to talk, it was like, I know that voice. That's Jonathan Lighty. <laughs> I was like, okay, great pork chop. Okay. And then Lisa Lee described about um, what this camp is all about. And the more I listen to it, the more I feel like, wow, this is great. Uh, from a perspective of a mother to two young men, knowing their struggles, and also as a humbly learning parent for life, um, and, and also seeing the school shooting and the mass shooting and all perpetuated by young men, I really feel compelled to invite Jonathan on my podcast. And thank you, Jonathan, for this honor and privilege. Okay. Oh, likewise, thank you, Joe. Yeah. So my first question is, what made you volunteer in this YMUW, Young Man Ultimate Weekend. Sure. Well, um, as you mentioned, I am Jonathan Lighty. I'm with Portico Wealth Advisors and during my daytime uh, work. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm volunteering for YMUW. And I was introduced to it somewhere on the order of about 10 years ago, plus or minus, by a good friend who was one of the founders of the organization. And I, um, you know, I grew up as a Boy Scout and, and was an Eagle Scout. And so I always like being outdoors. And then I also um, uh, was a volunteer for Big Brothers Big Sisters for over a decade and mentored a young man through that organization. And my friend knew about all this experience. And he said, hey, you should check out YMEW because it melds those two experiences, right? It's, it's, it's the ability to get outdoors and its ability to work with young men. So he, th he thought it might be a good fit for me. And that certainly turned out to be true. Uh, describe about this uh, Young sure. Man Ultimate Weekend. Yeah, of course. So Young Men's Ultimate Weekend is a rite of passage weekend for young men between the ages of 12 to 20. It's, uh, it's not a religious uh, rite of passage. It's just for any young men who want to come to a weekend where they have the opportunity to put themselves through uh, you know, incredible fun and challenges uh, in, the, in, the, um, in the pursuit of really learning uh, a little bit about what it means to be a man and participate in, in uh, society as a, uh, in a healthy way. So, um, so, you know, it gives everybody the opportunity to get outdoors, to uh, break up in teams, to lead teams, to uh, go through physical and emotional challenges and all of that 
is really uh, under the guise of, uh, I think above all else, uh, getting young men interacting with one another and really understanding uh, what makes each other tick and, and really starting to relate to one another on a level that's, that's, that's uh, you know, much deeper than they might do today, you know, just uh, over, the, over the computer or something. Like that. So from your eight years of volunteering in this uh, Young Man Ultimate Weekend, mm. what are the memorable, really fulfilling, really satisfying, the best outcome you, you just feel so proud of, you know, every time I recall that, I feel like, wow, yeah, I can't believe I did it. And opposite of that is what are the nightmarish, some kind of a really chaotic situation uh, you recall as, oh my God, did that happen under, you know, my nose? <laughs> well, you know, every weekend is is filled with a, 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 a sprinkle, at least, of chaos, right? So, you know, meaning that you start with this nice, clean timeline about how everything's going to go. And then I, uh, you put all the ingredients in the pot and sure enough, it all starts to boil up and simmer and, you know, into something, something different than what you initially thought it was going to be. Right. So, um, you know, we've had young men run away, right. You know, we've had young men uh, smuggle devices and other things into the weekend that have thrown, you know, a, a, a wrench in things. Um, we've always found the, the young men that run away, by the way, and, and uh, nobody, uh, um, nobody, we've never had any young man perpetrate an act of violence against the, uh, another young man or anything like that. But, you know, uh, um, <laughs> we had, a, we had a young man who, uh, um, covered himself head to toe in butter one time. Uh, so we, 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 we well, you know, that's what we had to get to the root of, but I, you know, he, I mean, we were serving, um, pancakes and, you know, with the pats of butter and he literally went by and collected the, the bowl of the, that were sitting out there and took them, we went behind the bushes and just smeared them all over his entire body. It was unexpected, Joanne. <laughs> it was not anything that I thought when I started out. I, you know, for the weekend of all the possibilities that I envisioned, that was not one of them. But we did have the opportunity to have a conversation with that young man just about, okay, what led to this behavior? I mean, our take on it was that it was a cry for attention, um, but it's really a, our take isn't that important, right? It's it's what the young man feels it is. And then once you understand what the young man feels it is, um, then you can help them address that and try to work through it. And, and that young man, um, you know, uh, fast forward a couple of years and I'm back at the weekend volunteering and I look over and of course he's much taller now and, you know, and more filled out and whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's, there's Butterboy, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and he's there and he's participating, he's doing all the things, right? So, so sometimes the first time young men do this this weekend, they don't, it doesn't click for them, right? But it's always gratifying to see a young men come back again and see them really plug into it and do it, you know, better, if you will, whatever that means, than they did the first go round. So that's one super gratifying thing that does happen quite a bit. And, and another, um, you know, I had a young man contact me who was a participant in the weekend who said, hey, you know, I'd really, uh, I'm, I'm interested in what it is that you do professionally, i.e. finance. And so he came and interned for us uh, for a summer 
uh, at Portico Wealth. And, um, you know, now he's, uh, he's getting an MBA at, 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 um, uh, at Berkeley. And he's, uh, you know, he's got an internship at uh, Morgan Stanley, I think, in, in New York. And, and, you know, he's, he wants to be an investment banker. And so he's on that path. And so uh, I am not by any stretch taking, you know, uh, uh, large amounts of credit for w- what took place there. But what I am saying is that just being exposed to, hey, here's a guy who cares about us broadly and me specifically, meaning me, the young man who I, he, you know, he took the initiative to reach out to me because he saw what it is that I did. We were able to, you know, help him a little bit along the way on that path. And I'm super proud of where he is now. You know? That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, only men can volunteer in that camp, right? Um, so we are definitely looking to expand our sphere to have, uh, you know, women who volunteer for the organization, but at the event itself, yes, it is, it's conducted hundred percent by men. Mm-hmm. So, um, but one of our goals is as an example is to um, get more female voices into the discussion, you know, through maybe board volunteer uh, volunteering and, or, you know, um, volunteering for the organization in other ways, apart from production of the weekend. Do these young men come back? They do, yeah, they do find value and they, they come back as repeaters. Um, they, yes, we have many uh, young men that do the weekend more than once, right, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, that's for various reasons, sometimes because their parents would like them to do that uh, more than once, um, sometimes because they want to do it, you know, more than once, they enjoyed it, mm-hmm. or sometimes it's because they felt like, hey, I could have done better, you know. Um, I mean, we have some young men that, you can tell, you know, we're at hour 70 of 72 and they're just starting to plug in, right. And starting to feel the connection and the bond and, and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they, they feel, they feel a personal calling to come back and do it again and give more, give more of themselves to it so that they can get more out of it. Yeah. So items not allowed to bring to the camp are marijuana, drugs, devices, electronic devices, Weapons Correct. of any kind. Correct. What else? What else are not allowed? Bad attitudes. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. There's plenty of those that come. Um, yeah. No. We, we really. Uh, you, you know. We do a, a security check at the beginning, and the goal of that is to identify all those things. So yeah, no drugs or alcohol, no uh, devices, so no phones or anything like that, and uh, no weapons certainly. No um, phones. So we, no cell no, phones. No. Okay. No. No, because we want them to unplug from that world and really plug into what it is that we're doing. And, and I think something that I should mention is that, you know, a, a, a sort of a sister program to Young Men's Weekend is uh, the founder of Young Men's Weekend. The primary founder is a gentleman named uh, Mark Schillinger. Uh, he uh, is a family therapist. And so he has a sister program called um, CTS, Challenging Teenage Sons. And it's, you know, it's obviously a play on the word challenging, right? So yes, they may be challenging in the home life, but it's also about challenging them to, to bring out the best. And so he does. So while the uh, YMUW is running and the young men are getting their experience, uh, often there is a simultaneously a CTS class being run for the parents of, of ah. the young men. And that way uh, they get to understand a little bit more about 
what their young men are experiencing right now, A, and B, sort of, hey, the proper way, proper way, the recommended way to uh, sort of reintegrate everybody back together after this weekend. So we spend time talking to the young men saying, hey, you know, this is not now that you're, you know, that that you've gone through this initiation and you're, you're a young man and you understand a bit more about your power. That doesn't mean you should come swinging back into your house on a vine and say, Hey, I'm a man, respect me. Right. Uh, similarly on the other side of the coin, we're, we're talking to parents about, okay, this is what your young man has actually experienced. Mm-hmm. This is what, um, and so regardless of how you were relating with them before, this is how we recommend that you might relate with them on a go forward basis to help them feel empowered. And at the same time, have the structure they need to, 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 to do that positively. Wow. That is awesome because most of the time the communication can be very frustrating between teenage young men and their parents. Uh, um, you don't have to ask any, any, look any further than asking my mom, Joanne, she would be happy to tell you all about that. <laughs> Yeah. And parents need a mental break. They need some education. They need to be um, up their skills with communicating with with their teenage sons. Do you see this often that after parents attending their camp? Challenging teenage sons, CTS. CTS. And then at the same time, after their sons finish their um, YMUW, and then when they're together, there's remarkable improvement between their relationships. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, uh, you know, uh, Mark Schillinger would, you know, because he works with these families on an ongoing basis, um, can certainly attest to that sort of thing. But uh, at the Young Men's Weekend, we have a graduation at the end of the weekend. So parents are there um, to greet their young men. And, um, and you can see... Um, in the reunion that both sides uh, in the work that they put in over the last, uh, you know, uh, 72 hours has helped them to develop a better understanding of one another. And that's where it all comes from, right? Because obviously not only are the young men feeling frustrated uh, about, you know, how their adolescence is going potentially, but uh, the parents often are feeling frustrated about how it's going as well. And so there are barriers to communicating on the, on that side of things too. And so when, when you can get a bit of recognition around that and, and how to maybe think about doing it in a different way, more effective way going forward, along with young men being kind of schooled up about what it, you know, what the true responsibilities are of being a young man. Uh, I think that that's a good combination. Uh, without breaking your anonymity and the privacy of their shared common issues, what are the main, most common emotional, mental, psychological issues they think they they are alone with the feelings, but when they share, they feel like, wow, we all have similar issues. What are those common issues? Sure. So loneliness, you alluded to already, I think. Loneliness and isolation are a big thing. They don't feel like they are being heard. Um, uh, that's within their family, within their peer group, within uh, you know by their teachers, things of that nature. So, so loneliness and being misunderstood, I think, are big. Uh, just anger. There's a lot of anger uh, and frustration as a result of these things. Um, and you know, and some of I mean, many of these young men have significant 
you know, trauma that anybody, you know, writ large, if they were to uh, take a listen to some of their circumstances would acknowledge as, hey, that's, that is, that is significant trauma, right? Um, but even in those that aren't experiencing uh, things of that nature, um, you know, they are still just growing up young men in today's society. And there is a lot of isolation. There is a lot of, you know, um, uh, lack of connection, I think, in, in uh, society, you know, Social media is a tool. It's a great tool, but I think it's given the opportunity. You, you mentioned anonymity. That, that gives a lot of people the opportunity to hide behind a screen and do and do things and say things that they otherwise never would do to somebody face to face. And so, getting people out and meeting with one another and and face to face and eye to eye and all that and sharing their common challenges and and, and uh, frustrations and all that I think is is super powerful and and, and worthwhile. So they find the community where they feel they are heard, they're understood, they're supported. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's one of the number one frustrations. And, and this is not a new phenomenon, but I think for young men, one of the primary frustrations is this feeling that they're growing up, their body's changing, their hormone is they're changing. They got a lot more testosterone rushing through them. That makes them feel empowered and powerful and they want to be heard and they're not feeling heard. And I think one of the you know, most dangerous combinations, especially for modern day society, is the idea that they have all this power and potential, and at the same time, they're being you know, cast aside and, 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 and feeling um, marginalized, because when you feel marginalized and you do have power and potential, you, you, know, you feel like the solution is to lash out. And um, we see that all the time, right? You know the old phrase, uh, hurt people hurt people. Well, th that's what we're seeing in, you alluded to mall shootings or just, you know, general uh, acts of violence in society, the vast majority of them are being perpetrated by men and even more so young men um, who are feeling disillusioned with, with their lot in life. Right. So if you add those elements together, you know, first of all, they're growing up and as teenagers, they have overdose of testosterone. Uh, that's because of biology, evolution, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, human, you know, young men, you're supposed to go and hunt and chase deer and kill animals, uh, you know, and so, and at the same time, the modern society is getting less and less outdoor oriented. Another element is that the, the lack of outdoor physical activity to alleviate this uh, testosterone overdose is compounded by the problem of video gaming and mm. people are sitting behind the computers and they game and and they don't really have a great channel but i'm not a gamer so i may be wrong uh, mm -hmm. because my sons they are gamers mm -hmm. and as a lot of their friends and they said this is the best way for us to escape mm -hmm. it's, it's like gaming is my best way of escaping the reality is escaping the frustration escaping you know things we don't want to deal with but it can be addictive too okay so you have these elements and and the pressure the pressure of the modern society living in the modern society the complexity you know um it's not a good combination <laughs> yeah i hear you i mean i think you know what you're touching on is that is that this energy, this pent up energy that young men have is gonna go somewhere, 
right? It can't stay inside young men, right? So, so you need to develop opportunities for positive uh, outlets and expression of that energy. And so getting outside is I think a great solution to it. Doing, exerting, you know, engaging and exerting in physical activity is another great opportunity to do that. And even at, at the Young Men's Weekend, beyond just, you know, kind of, you know, we have obstacle courses and things of that nature to, you know, to, for physical expression and, and outlet, but we all, we actually provide them a physical opportunity to unburden themselves of some pain that they're carrying around because all young men are carrying around some level of pain too. And so that, that in and of itself, I, I think is a, a real important uh, undertaking because otherwise that, that this stuff boils over in different ways. And you alluded to um, video games and, and, you know, these first person shooter games and things and li- uh, things like that. And, and I think what your boys expressed that it's a nice escape, uh, really, you know, filing it under um, entertainment, I think is, I'd like to think that that's hundred percent true too. I mean, I-, I grew up playing some video games and, you know, there were, there was violence in them and, and uh, I, you know, I don't think that it shaped my, you know, uh, you know, my framework as an adult uh, in any great way, one way or the other, it, it was as, as, as sold entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. However, if, if you add in additional stresses and, and, you know, and, and, uh, and other negative influences in people's life and, or you, you mentioned addiction and, or people are spending five, 10, 12 hours a day, uh, you know, in a simulator where basically what you're doing is going around and uh, killing people. Um, the, when presented with the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, I'm frustrated. I'm not enjoying uh, how things are going in my real life. I feel much more powerful and emboldened and effective in this video game life. So now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take that feeling, how can I, how can I recreate that feeling in my real life? It's not a huge leap to see why people are, you know, picking up guns and going out there and doing terrible things. Right. I recall the conversation, you know, uh, when Sandy Hook shooting Mm. of those kindergarten kids that shocked the nation and the perpetrator was, I, I would say addicted to shooting Mm -hmm. and he bonded the only way he and his mom could bond was going to the shooting range you know so well tragically she was the first one shot by him by Mm. her own son now at the time I was very frightened and I I shared my concerns with my sons because I said I know you are not addicted to this you uh you like outdoors but don't you think the more you play these kind of violent shooting games, the call to duty, uh, mm-hmm. you, you will kind of blur the, the reality with the virtual mm-hmm. world? And they said, no, mom, don't worry about it. No, I, I'll never be a master. This is just entertainment. Uh, the other side of the argument about this is that, yeah, we evolved from caves. Young men are killers, basically to hunt for animals and, you know, bring, bring home the bacon. Okay. <laughs> now, right. So bring home the deer. Now uh, they have that instinct all the time. So the other side of the argument is that if you don't give them an outlet, like a uh, simulated call to action, mm-hmm. which I never played, by the way, it's a disclaimer. Okay. So whatever I said about whatever I talk about video gaming, 
just discounted that I have any interest. <laughs> I don't have any experience, okay? uh, but I'm a concerned mother and I'm a concerned human being. Uh, so the other side of the argument is that, you know, it's actually helping them channeling out that instinct in a safe manner. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think two things can be equally true, right? You, you know, uh, we have laws and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not arguing for more regulation here around video gaming or things like that. But what I am saying is, is that, um, you know, you have scenarios where uh, people like your boys, right, are having conversations with their parents about healthy use of this sort of thing. And then you have other situations where those sorts of conversations are not going on. And, um, and I think that, uh, you know, you, when you combine that with, uh, you know, general teen angst and maybe some real trauma and pain and all that, you can end up with a pretty noxious cocktail pretty quickly. And um, the way I look at it, when I say I'm not arguing for more right regulation is that, you know, many people can probably drive a car uh, effectively at 75 miles an hour on the freeway, as an example, and not get into accidents, right? But there are some people where that's not the case. Uh, ergo, you know, the speed limit in most places is 55 or 65 on the freeway in California anyway. And that's because there are some people that, uh, you know, can't operate at that speed or, or whatnot. And, and similar, you know, and similarly, I think there are, you know, most people can watch a violent movie or can, you know, play a violent video game and separate that as entertainment uh, from their reality. Uh, but what we're seeing more and more is the more time spent on it, the more realistic it becomes in, in combination with the more disaffected uh, people uh, start to feel in today's society from other influences and elements that that separation, that line between reality and, and uh, the virtual world is becoming further blurred. I mean, look no further than the metaverse, right? And the idea that maybe all of us will have two lives, one here and one in the digital realm. Um, you, you know, we're, we're, there, there's plenty of effort afoot to blur those lines. And so it's not a big surprise that, that uh, people who are looking for um, an outlet and an empowerment and they're not given, given other choices, choose that. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I mentioned some elements that are kind of a, the combinations can be explosive here. Two more mm. that we as a country have this second amendment, easy access to gun. And also parents are exhausted. And sometimes they use gaming to basically quote unquote babysit, even though they're young men. So here, you mentioned about anger. Those young men, they come in, a lot of them have anger. Where does that anger come from? Hmm. Well, it comes from a host of places, I guess. Uh, you know, I think that, um, like I said, some of these young men are experience, have experienced real trauma, you know, and that would make anybody angry. So what am I talking about, right? I mean, th these are people that have seen, you know, loved ones, abused in front of them and or, you know, actually killed in front of them. They have lost, uh, you know, inordinate amounts of loss and, and things like that at an early age. Um, you know, they've had their families separated for, you know, reasons that are beyond their control. Um, you know, they've had sexual abuse or, or things of that nature, right? And so those sorts of things, of course, 
would make it would be it would be a seedbed for anger and frustration, resentment, and and you know just just straight up sorrow and pain for anybody, right? Um, but even if they're not experiencing things of that nature, I think there is still this notion that that um, young men are not being heard at the level that they used to be heard. I, I believe anyway when I say used to be, um, in so much as there are just fewer and fewer opportunities for them to come and get outside and be young men and do what comes naturally to them. So when we take them out to the Young Men's Weekend, what we're really doing, we say we're creating a container, right? So we know that young men are going to learn, you know, exponentially more from their peers than they are from us, right? So our job as the old guys there is just to create the container for them to experience this bouncing off of one another, if you will, in a safe way. Right. So, so that's, I think, what's unique about it, where other organizations may have more of an agenda around what they'd like to see uh, young men accomplish. We're really there to meet young men where they are, mm-hmm. tell them that, hey, we don't have all the answers, but we are older than you. So we have, we've, we've experienced this phase transition you're going through, number one. And number two, we've screwed up a lot more than you have, Right. And in those mistakes have come learnings along the way. And if you're interested in hearing our perspective on what that means and how to manage those, we're here to share that with you. But if not, then you're here to spend 72 hours outdoors and uh, getting dirty and, and getting physical and, and that's good. <laughs> I so appreciate your approach of this with humbleness and supportiveness because uh, when they are transitioning from 12 years old up to 20 years old, that's when they want to naturally assert their autonomy. They right. want to um, become their own men. They want to be separated from parents, mothers, mm-hmm. and uh, try to be independent. So at that time, during this period of time, they need their peer support the most and with gentle guidance uh, with encouragement from older people who have been there done that older men no you're not old by the way okay with 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 not young either joanne so (laughs) (laughs) nobody confuses me at the weekend as a participant let me tell you that (laughs) yeah with male role models with male role models with whom they feel safe so we, when you use the word container, mm. you create that environment, you, you create that psychological safety by um, actually just rolling in the mud with them, you know, and, and doing those physical activities, tug of war, whatever else do you do? I mean, to have that, build that bond and build that camaraderie and trust. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of that. And uh, along the way, just as I mentioned, you know, some of those sources of uh, young men's pain that I alluded to, right? It, it's the same for the adult volunteers uh, at the organization, right? They uh, all have pain that they're carrying around with them too. And so that the ability to connect on that level about, hey, I know what it feels like to, uh, for me when these sorts of things happen to me and I know what I need to do in order to unburden myself of that in a healthy way versus 
um, you know, some of the other things that I might be drawn to or inclined to do if I didn't have this kind of an outlet mm-hmm. that I think it takes, uh, trust me, there are many young men that are there that do not want to be there. <laughs> right. So the first 24 and change hours is just, you know, breaking down whatever, you know, mask that somebody comes in wearing. Right. Um, so whatever veneer that they have. And then from there, I think that's when we can really start making some progress. And, and what I mean by that is just is uh, for us, progress is showing young men that whatever your authentic self is, it's okay to be that here. And we're accepting of that. And, and more to the point, we, we understand it most likely at a, at a, at a, at a pretty visceral level. And, uh, and again, this is how we've uh, come to uh, uh, develop, an, uh, develop a, a way, right? A method or a way of, of, of uh, moving forward, acknowledging all of that. Where I think there's so much of today, right? Uh, to your point about young men saying, hey, I'm growing up now, I wanna assert myself. There's, there's, a, there's a paradox there because yes, young men really wanna exert themselves and say, hey, I wanna take control. And at the same time, they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, why, why would they, right? <laughs> so, so they also would, most of them want to be shown an example of how to harness all this in, in a productive way. So I think the, the beauty of it is, to, is, you alluded to, is we're not telling them what to do. We're just telling them what's true for us. And, uh, you know, and then they can do it with, with that what they want. Uh, the nickname Pork Chop. I yeah. assume everybody there has a alias nickname. Is that yes, right? That is true. Yes. Okay. So they don't use their real names. Most people do not use their real names. Yeah. That's a, one of the ways to let them feel safe. It sounds like they didn't volunteer going there. Parents play a big role, dropping them off there mm. and because they heard about this program. What exactly specifically you do to let them feel they're safe and let down their guard in the beginning? For the young men? Uh-huh. So number one, uh, I uh, let them know that there is a container here, right? So even though we're here to find out what the best version of, uh, the, of themselves that they can be is, we also, there are rules. And so we need to establish what the rules are. And that, that establishment of the rules, I think is, uh, you know, in, in an interesting way is a positive for them because they, they all start to understand, okay, you know, this is how I can operate here because they have no, many of them have no idea what they're going to, right? They are literally, I mean, we've had young men that you know, or, you know, their parents have, you know, kind of thrown them in a van and <laughs> kidnapped them, drove, driven them off and said, here you go, kind of a thing. And so they, they have no idea what they're getting into. And so, you know, first and foremost, they, they want some, some of their questions answered about what they're actually going to be exposed to and what they're doing there. So, so I think the first thing is setting up the rules and acknowledging the idea that we all are, are, um, have agreed to bind ourselves to these rules and that if you don't follow the rules, there are consequences. And for us, consequences are not uh, seen as, as, as you might see them in the outside world as, as a huge negative, right? A consequence for us means, okay, I stepped out of line with the rules and uh, I have an opportunity uh, by, by performing a consequence. So let's say it's 10 push-ups or something like that to get back into integrity with the group, 
right? Because otherwise pe people will step out of line and then now they're, you know, upset about, uh, you know, being chastised. Maybe somebody else is upset because they don't feel that they, you know, what they did was acknowledged in the right way and so on and so forth. So one of the big things is, is not only laying out the rules, but laying out the idea that there'll, there'll be consequences, but there are, that's a consequence is an opportunity for them to get back into integrity with the group so we can all move forward and, and, and move on with what we're, what we're attempting to do. So that's one. The other way is by sharing stories about our own life early on um, that help them understand that this isn't, you, you know, daycare, right? Um, meaning, you know, we have guys who volunteer for this that have alcohol and drug addiction issues that they've dealt with, right? We have guys that um, have seen uh, family members uh, abused and murdered in front of them. We have guys that have ex experienced uh, sexual abuse in their past, all these things, right? So they come out early and say, look, right? I say what I just said to you about the idea that we're no different than you. It's just, we've been on the planet longer and made more mistakes, right? So we definitely lay that out there. We also say, look, we know you're carrying around a lot of pain with you. And that pain may, may be as simple as, um, you know, you, you lost your dog last year and you haven't felt the same since, and it could be much more serious, but we're here to help you block that out. When I say block that out, meaning understand what it is, understand how to deal with it and compartmentalize it so that you can, so that you can function, right? Because a lot of times this can be, this kind of pain can be super debilitating <laughs> for people, right? right? And, so, um, and we know, we know what one of the tools is for dealing with pain. If you don't have positive outlets for it, it's, it's, it's getting angry, it's getting mad and it's lashing out. Right. So right now it's only limited to California. Is there any That's intention right. of going outside of California nationally? Well, you know, if you talk to some of the leadership like Mark, I, I think, uh, you know, he has visions of, yeah, having it, you know, in, in all 50 states, having not only a, um, a program for young men, but also a program for young women as well. Um, and, uh, and, you know, camps running year round with, with, uh, you know, with permanent land, because that's a big thing for us, you know, a, a big push for us is to, it would be to find a, a permanent site for YMUW right now, we're, we're using a lot of, uh, municipal land and, and, uh, Boy Scout land and uh, Girl Scout land and things like that. And a lot of the effort, a lot of the volunteer effort every time is get everybody organized and then get all the stuff there and set up, right? Because you're setting up an obstacle course, you're setting up a kitchen, you're setting up all kinds of stuff. So a lot of the energy goes into that. And I think in an ideal world, of course, we'd have permanent sites where a lot of this stuff could already be established. And so, you know, guys could spend more time developing their own personal mentorship chops instead of, uh, you know, schlepping stuff around <laughs> but right now that that's how it is yeah if folks are interested they go to ymuw.org um you know as soon as we have the schedule for the year it'll be posted up there on your website ymuw.org people can donate they can yeah yes great because we need financial resources and volunteers to make it grow and i do believe as a society we all have the responsibility of bringing up young men into productive, self-governing, 
and mentally, emotionally healthy and psychologically sound human beings because they are, they're integral part of a family happiness. What kind of father they're going to become, what kind of husband they're going to become, the relationship they're going to have with others. Yeah, so all of this is going to be affecting the entire humanity, you know, and every family. Given the rise of school shooting and the, and the violence perpetrated by young men, I think this is just absolutely a very important part um, that we all need to contribute to. So as for myself, uh, I feel this responsibility. I feel this urge to let people realize the importance of bringing up young men. The whole society, men and women, we all have this responsibility. And that's going to be the kind of society we are going to live in with all the challenges. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, as you know, right, we're in a, in a, in a period right now um, uh, where gender and gender identity is, is uh, taking new shape and all of that. But, uh, you know, regardless of your opinions on that, men are still going to play a big role in in because in, uh, they're a big part of, of, of society, right? And, and so what we say about YMUW, right, is we're bringing the sons and the fathers and the grandfathers together um, in, in uh, pursuit of protecting one another and all of the daughters, mothers, and grandmothers out there, right? Because yes. that's, that, that's really what we need. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I have never asked my audience to volunteer or donate in any of my interviews, but this is an exception. I'm going to donate ymuw.org. And yes, and I hope there are more people who will volunteer and contribute in their own ways. And I find this to be true all the time. When you are volunteering and serving others, when you're trying to play an active role in serving others, you unintentionally or intentionally, you get so much more out of it. You feel supported, you feel healed, you feel uh, you're part of a community. So it's not just like one way giving. Every time you give, you you get so much back. And that's just, I, I believe it's the universal truth. Well, uh, no argument here. <laughs> well, you have given eight years of your life and thank you. That's just really honorable and noble and uh, so impressive. I thank you from a mom's point of view. And uh, sure. yeah, if yeah. I, yeah, if we can support in any other ways, please let us know. I will. And, and you know, thank you. Thank you for helping uh, get the word out about it because uh, we, the, the last thing we want to be is uh the best uh, young men's experience that nobody knows about. So it always helps to have somebody who uh, can uh, help uh, give, give it voice and, and get it out to folks. I'm a branding expert. So before the end of each interview, I ask this question, everybody, what does Jonathan Lighty's brand stand for? Mm. Well, uh, I'd say integrity above all else, meaning that uh, I mean, that sort of speaks for itself, but, um, you know, just the notion that, that you don't have a lot in the world, really, when you, when you break it down other than your word and, 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 uh, and so you got to stand behind 
your uh, your beliefs and stand up for what you believe. And certainly, I believe in uh, helping young men be productive uh, members of society. Okay, so I, as a as a parting gift, I give my honored guest a uh, summarization of the brand. I hope this one you like, okay? It's always less than five words. So how about this? Integrity in words and actions. I like it. Ah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so your brand stands for integrity in words and actions. It's not just, you know, words, but actions too. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, Joy. Yes, and my honor to have you. I'll talk to you later. Okay, sounds good. All right, bye.